The Hard Knocks Life is sponsored by Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice. Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is located in Austin, Texas, and we can help coordinate with nursing and all your therapy needs. If you have a friend or a family member that could benefit from Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice in-home clinical team, let your healthcare provider know that Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is your choice. Go to rchomehealthhospice.com or call 512-328-7606. Oh yeah, it's time. The Hard Knocks Life Podcast is what you are now tuned into. Let's get it. Let's get it. That's right. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and I'm back in the mix. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for following. And listen, go over to Hard Knocks Life on Twitter. Go to at Harbaugh Harge on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we are going to have a lot of fun. Be looking out for this new sponsorship that is right around the corner with... uh, Things are starting to pick up around here. Let's just say that business is starting to pick up and I'm very, very excited about all of it. I'm more excited for the fact that you guys are actually loving and enjoying what I am doing. And I want to continue to bring you the heat and keep it 100 with you as often as I possibly can. Um, There's a lot to go over. There's a lot of things to catch up on. Uh, Coach Steve Sarkeesian. Excuse me, Coach Sark is what he wants to go by. Sark Attack. I told you about that last time. Sark Attack is continuing to put together his staff. The biggest question mark on everyone's mind is who is going to be the defensive coordinator. And uh, there's a lot of names that are out there. I'm not going to speculate on anything. I know that everyone wants to know. Everyone's ready for the answer. But just be patient and let this man do what he has to do. As I've told you before, when you are are getting ready to back Coach Sark and his staff, make sure that you put 100% belief in what he is trying to do. We got to have an open mind. We got Aggies coming at us. We got Red Raiders. We got Ohio State. We have so many people trying to, I don't know, make fun of the fact that majority of his coaching staff has come from Alabama. He's got a special teams coach and tight ends coach, Jeff Banks. He brought the offensive line coach, uh, Kyle Flood. This is the makings of a great coaching staff. And I know everyone wants to compare Charlie Strong's staff and you want to compare um, Tom Herman's staff to what is going on around the 40 acres. And there, there, this seems to be a, a home run hire. If you're going to be the best and you want to come in and compete in the Big 12, you have to bring in the best coaches, the best recruiters, and most importantly, we need people that can come in and develop. It's obvious what Alabama does. Coach uh, Nick Saban has done the things that he has done to make this happen. Now, a lot of people are like, man, we just keep bringing Alabama – They're the best team in the country. Why not bring those people off of that staff? Why not find a way to get the best players, to get the best coaches? And the one thing that Texas fans have continued to be upset about 
is the lack of development when it comes to these players. Well, I don't know about you. I, I think if you look at what Alabama had and what the predictions are, I think they're going to have like eight guys that have a chance to go in the first round. Eight players off of that Alabama national championship team that have grown up through this industry, I mean, through this organization, through this college, they now have an opportunity to go in the first round. If that's not development, I don't know what is. Now be patient, let things happen, and we'll see how it all works out. But understand this, if you're going to swing hard and swing for the best, look no for, further than the Crimson Tide in Alabama. They are the gold standard. We talked about this before. Coaches are getting fired because they can't beat Nick Saban. So Coach Sark is doing a good job of finding the right pieces that are here, that are coming to the University of Texas that might even flip a couple of players. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I'm kind of excited about this. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic is the way that I'm approaching this. Cautiously optimistic to the way that I'm looking at the development and the coaching staff that he is putting together. Now, everyone, like I said, we're still waiting to find out who's going to be the defensive coordinator. We've got time. We can wait, and we'll figure that out. But I want to transition to basketball right now. We will get enough coaching search, coaching talk soon uh, as Texas football continues to make sure that they're doing the best that they can to put Texas back on the top. We talked about it, but I want to talk about this basketball team that has the makings of being a very, very special team come down the stretch. But the one problem that I have with this team is the fact that they cannot make free throws. That is going to drive me nuts to the point that it is, it, it is going to make my life a living heck because of it. If they can't make free throws and they can't do the things that they need to have accomplished coming soon, this is going to be the downfall of this basketball team. And I can't handle it. You have to be able to make your free throws. You have to be able to control the basketball game. You can't get yourself out of control that you don't win games. And Shaka, I'm not blaming you, but I am saying this. If we and I say we a lot when it comes to the University of Texas. If you do not find a way to make sure that you can close out games at the end by shooting and making free throws, this will be the downfall of your basketball team. It is embarrassing. It is upsetting. And this basketball team works hard. They play hard. And they have done a lot to, uh, to put themselves in position to win. But at the end of basketball games, you can't shoot 58% from the free throw line if you're playing in a major 
championship game. If you were going to be a a national champion, if you were going to be a Big 12 conference champion, you have to make free throws at crucial times. Against Texas Tech, you shot yourself out of the game after a great first half. Great first half. You were clamping down. You were locking people up. You had had Texas Tech shoot 37% from the field in the first half. They shot 25%. From the three-point line, but they shot 18%. I mean, excuse me, 84% from the free throw line. Texas, you were on fire in the first half. You shot 50% from the field. You shot 57% from three. But you shot 58% from the free throw line. That's not a championship team. You can't win championships shooting 58%. And that was against Texas Tech. You kind of let things go, and boom, you lose to Texas Tech by two. And 79-77. So fast forward to last night's game. Texas takes on K-State. K-State is playing without a lot of their players. They've gone through, uh, I think they might have had six to eight scholarship players that were left to play in this game last night and texas uh defeated k-state 82 to 67 it was a beatdown it was a beatdown no doubt no doubt it was a beatdown but i I, i'm i'm curious what do you think texas shot from the free throw line they were eight of 14 they shot 58 percent again 58 percent again Jericho Sims, you have to get better at the free throw line. I know you're the big man, and I know you don't want to be the one. We don't want you to have to be the one on the line. But teams are going to scheme to put you on the line late in games. You're a big rebounder. You've you've played some big games. Yesterday, you had 14 points and seven boards. Proud of you. Texas had four players that were – in double digits. They had to play without Greg Brown, Kai Jones, and Brock Cunningham for I don't know the reasons yet. I've been yet to I've yet to be told what happened, but they ended up playing without those guys and they still had a big win. Now, like I said, K-State, we that game was expected to go the way that it did. The line opened at 17 and a half points. So Texas handled their business. Uh, I'm glad to see that. But as you look at this Texas basketball team, as you look at this Texas basketball team and the things that is going to have to happen for them, they have to play consistent coming out of the halftime, out of halftime. Halftime, the adjustments need to be made. And if you don't make those adjustments, it's going to be tough. And teams understand put pressure on the basketball to make those guys get up and down the floor. They can't do it. They have, they got to work on press breaker. They have to work on their free throw shooting and they have to come out better in the second half. Those are the keys to success for the university of Texas moving forward. Uh, Courtney Ramey, you have to be smarter. You, you're an older player. You're a more mature player. Matt Coleman, some of the careless turnovers, against Texas Tech. You did that against Villanova as well. And you guys are the leaders of this team. Continue to lead. Continue to pick each other up. Kameka Hepa, 
you are an inspiration to so many. You have played very well, not necessarily played well. You have led very well. You are pulling for your teammates. You're not complaining about the playing time. You are putting the work in. And when you got your opportunity due to those other players being out, you have now increased your chances of playing in a game. You have 15 points in 25 minutes. You are five of eight for three. You you had three rebounds. You played great. Congratulations. Continue to be that inspiration. Continue to be that player that will always be there for crunch time. Continue to be that guy. And then I want you to look at Jace Febris. Now, we've he just came back off of this micro fracture. We didn't know when he was going to come back. He hadn't played, I believe, since February. I want to say February. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. But now he has he's back and he's going to be a guy that can come off the bench and score some buckets. Royce Ham, Donovan Williams. Everybody got an opportunity to earn more playing time with those uh, three guys that are out. But as I look at this team and what is next for them, what can they do next? When are their big challenges? Because Baylor beat Texas Tech. Now, Texas goes to Ames, Iowa on January 20th. And Iowa State is 0-5 in conference. Iowa State is a team that Texas should beat. But that is the problem. These are the teams that Texas should beat. But will they? Will they have their head on straight? Will they come in ready to play to make sure that they take care of their business? Are they building to be the top seed in this conference? Are they building their way to get and take on the Baylor Bears? Texas got a – this conference is wide open. And I know people are going to say, what do you mean wide open? Baylor is the number one team in the conference. Yeah, Baylor is. But Texas has to be able to match up with Baylor. And I think they can. Now, a lot of people are losing their mind. They don't know what Texas is going to do. Because um, I, I every time I watch Texas play, I keep trying to figure out what type of defense are they? Are they a team that is going to – are they a team that is going to uh, to be able to switch everything? If I'm a team coaching against Texas, and I notice that Texas switches all the time on defense, when they're playing defense, Texas is switching. In case you hadn't noticed, we all we have three guards that start for him. Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, Andrew Jones. Size-wise, Baylor has bigger guards. They're, they're big guards, and Texas is going to have to battle against those big guards. So if they're going to continue to switch and teams are going to pay attention to that, it could be tough. It could be tough for the Texas Longhorns. I know if I'm coaching against them, that's exactly what I'm taking notice to, and I'm using my length on the inside. Let's see how Texas changes some of their approach uh, uh, to way things are going. And I can't, uh, I can't tell you enough. If they can make free throws, they're going to be a problem moving forward, definitely moving forward. Again, thank you all for listening to the Hard Knocks Life right here. Uh, on wherever you listen to your podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Tell a friend, tell two, tell three, support, uh, subscribe. And I'm going to continue to give you what I can to make sure that you enjoy it. 
So today, well, not today. I want to go back to to yesterday, Saturday, uh, the 16th. NFL football. NFL football. And we had a great, great game. And I want people to uh, have their thoughts for me as well about what we saw yesterday. The Buffalo Bills are the real deal. The Buffalo Bills, can we all take a moment and give a round of applause for Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Those two are changing the way Bills Mafia are looking at their squad. The Buffalo Bills have made it to a championship round the AFC championship before the Dallas Cowboys have made it to the championship round. It is unbelievable. I'll take that back. It is believable that the Buffalo Bills have turned around their franchise. They defeated the Baltimore Ravens yesterday, 17 to three behind Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They came out and threw the ball Almost 13 straight plays Buffalo did against that Ravens defense. 13 straight plays. Their highest attempt of rush was Devin Singletary, and he ran it seven times. Stephon Diggs, he had eight receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Allen threw for 206 for a, and a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. To me, that is utterly amazing. The Ravens. The Ravens had three thirty, uh, excuse me, three hundred and forty yards of total offense in Laos, huh? Laos, unbelievable, unbelievable. So Baltimore, good luck. People are already trying to figure out if it's time to get off of Lamar Jackson. Last week they were all excited about Lamar Jackson. Now everybody's like, I'm over Lamar Jackson. I'm like, get over it, get over it. But the Buffalo Bills are a problem for whoever they're going to play in the championship round. And Josh Allen has shown me that he is something serious as an NFL quarterback. Let me just tell you that. Buffalo Bill fans, be happy, rejoice, and enjoy the fact that you got a chance to play for a championship and a chance to play in the Super Bowl next Sunday against the winner of the Baltimore, excuse me, the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got Kansas City today, by the way, so there's that. Um, Green Bay Packers and the L.A. Rams. This game was going back and forth early uh, at halftime. It was 19 to 10, and Aaron Rodgers continues to show why he's the MVP. Um Jalen Ramsey, a lockdown corner. They found ways to get Devontae Adams open. And he still had 10 or nine receptions and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, Iowa State, big 12. Uh, had a big drop early in the game, but he came back and Aaron Rodgers said, you know what? I'm going to give you another opportunity to this. Gave him a play action pass, threw it across the middle, touchdown. Alan Lazard, uh, Four receptions, 96 yards. Jared Goff played with a busted finger. He played well. He played well. Cam Akers continued to run the ball for the Rams. Rams, you have a 
a bright future. I think you found your running back. Jared Goff, obviously, is your franchise quarterback. You've got some good wide receivers. That defense is obviously one of the best in the league. But Aaron Rodgers, the man, A-Ron, A-Ron. They kept calling him MVP yesterday. Aaron Rodgers is something serious, folks. And people always say, he had a comment the other day. People talk about, oh, they had their career year. Aaron Rodgers didn't. Hey, Aaron Rodgers' down year is some people's careers year. So if you don't like Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to deal with it because that man right there, mama, there go that man again, Aaron Rodgers, in the mix. He will be MVP. But today's games, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cleveland Browns. Kansas City is favored by nine. I would take Cleveland in the in the, uh, plus nine and a half. I will take Cleveland, but Kansas City wins this game, setting up that matchup between Josh Allen, who is trying to surpass Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I said it. That ain't happening. Patrick Mahomes is one of the top quarterbacks in the game. He's young, and uh, I'm impressed with the way he plays, but Patrick Mahomes, boy, going to come out and do his thing. And then the nightcap tonight, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. In New Orleans, this is the geriatric bowl. And I love it because these guys are still out there battling. They're still playing at a high level. Tom Brady, if Tom Brady can get to this championship game the first year after leaving Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, I know he has a ton of weapons, but if he can get to the NFC championship game, there's no doubt in my mind that he will be considered, if not already, the greatest quarterback of all time to leave a storied franchise like the New England Patriots, go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who struggled last year and now they are in the chance they have a chance to play for the NFC Championship and the right to go to the Super Bowl, but they have to get past New Orleans. I'm picking New Orleans. They say it's hard to beat a team three times in a row in any league, but I'm telling you this right now, there's something about that Saints defense, how they match up how physical they are, and how they will knock Brady off of his spot. And we'll see what happens. But I have the New Orleans Saints advancing to take on the Green Bay Packers in another quarterback legacy game between Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Drew Brees, I don't know if you're going to be able to play in that cold, baby, but you better win this game right here. So in case you've missed it, recap. I've got Cleveland covering a nine and a half, but I got Kansas City winning the game. And I got New Orleans beating Tampa Bay tonight in the geriatric bowl, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. Once again, it's your boy Harbaugh Hards. I thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you haven't noticed that I'm kind of everywhere on podcasts right now, I'm with my man, my, my guys, Sean Clinch. Um, uh, Mike Murphy and my man Mo Fitness. Mo on stories from inside the man cave. I'm also with my man Patrick Kahn on Locked on Longhorns uh, podcast. We're going to start doing that every Monday coming up. And I appreciate again the support and be on the lookout for some new apparel from your boy. I got some hats coming out and I want to make sure that y'all continue to support. 
Thank you all once again for always, always tuning in to the Harge Knox Life. Again, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your friend frenemies, and uh, make sure you subscribe, support, tag, hit me up, send me questions, give me something to talk about. I got you. I got you. You've been listening to the Harge Knox Life. And remember, don't believe everything you see because even sugar looks like salt and salt looks like sugar. Peace.